You're listening to Common Riders Me. Common Riders Me is a weekly podcast of two separate shows. One is the yearly podcast where we look at things yearly as they're coming out or at a similar pace. And one is the book club where we look at things in month-long chunks. You're currently listening to the book club. Look at Common Rider Ryuki, episodes 6 through 10. Hen Shin. Hey everyone, it's mirrored. It's opposite day. I hate you. That means I love you. And I'm Kip. Or Piff, 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 Piff. All right, this is not working. I, I don't know the opposite of things. Uh, but here <laughs> with me, without me, is Steph. <laughs> or Fest, if you will. I don't think that that's... I, you know what? We're all doing our best here. Give me a break. Stop trying to make Fets happen, Steph. Through that, see? And then there is... Divad. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> kind of sounds like Leroy Jenkins, like divad. I I feel like if I grunt, then you can't be wrong if it's reversed. That's true. Yeah. No, that's why uh, we should all seek to be dads and moms because then we're still the same in reverse. Or mm-hmm. race cars. Oh, my roommate's got me this really sick race car bed. Is uh, my favorite quote from my uh, grandma's boy. <laughs> no, uh, but we're not in the mirror world, which means we won't. Hopefully, like, evaporate after five minutes. Uh, pretty bad podcast that way. But this is uh, Come Ride With Me, and we're looking at our second chunk of Come Ride Ryuki. Uh, six through ten. And how's everyone doing since last time? You mean just as, as far as how we feel about the show? Yeah. Did you cut that on, like, any, like, cherry trees? Like, you, like, don't have to tell the truth. You could lie, but, you know. No, um, you know, <laughs> I came into Ryuki thinking it was something that it was not. And I've kind what of been pleasantly surprised. Like, so, so my kind of like view of Ryuki was like, I, I know that there's like, this is kind of the big one that had like a lot of other writers, like a lot of them. And I don't know how many there are like total, but I knew there's like some kind of like where the writers fight each other and um that was like kind of it and then anything else i knew was from dragon knight which is probably a very bad base to based original japanese version on but um <laughs> yeah I, I kind of was expecting expecting it to be like more of a like a battle royale type show and it's kind of turned into this weird like thriller-esque thing that i was not expecting it's in this like drama period, which like where I think like Comrade became very popular was like these kind of shows that are very character driven and like mm-hmm. you can like see these people and they're all like very like <laughs> weird dudes. It's like here's this dude who's wearing a like dark leather jacket because he's serious and he's sad. Here's this dude that's dumb as shit. Here's <laughs> this lawyer, <laughs> you know. Uh, and yeah, right. um, what's your feelings on the show right now, Steph? Like, is it like was there like a notion you had going in or not really um no i i think that i'm with david i i think that i wasn't 
prepared for it to have as much like story as it does. I, I think that I was expecting it to be a lot more like centered around the battles themselves. Um, in especially in this past set of episodes that we watched, it's got a bit more heart than I expected. And um, you know, I, I appreciate that it also has a little bit more, you know, humor mixed in with it. And, you know, it it's a really good it's got a really good balance so far. I, I'm enjoying it. Something I did find out that explains the similarities to Fies, but also how it's not quite as spiky of a show, is that the head writer um, is, I just had this up, I'm bad at this thing, um, is um, Kobayashi, but the secondary writer is Inoue. So he's both there and limited, <laughs> which I think explains some of the... The, the restraint? Mm. Yeah, the restraint. <laughs> but no uh yeah this show um it's like weird because a lot of the shows we covered i watched 10 plus years ago but this i like didn't end up getting around to to like 2020 mm-hmm. 2021 so watching it now i'm just like oh this is like familiar but nostalgic and yeah um i am kind of surprised by how silly the show is i kind of like don't remember it as silly <laughs> <laughs> I think it surprises you though because it's it doesn't have any where where it's really overt, but it's just got a couple little places where it it's got a really good sense of timing for when it can be silly and not like take away from the overall you know scene when it does. It, it'd be interesting as we get to to like more stuff. Also, like we're just gonna start getting into like really. We've had some, but there's just so many iconic characters and episodes in the show. So it'll be like very interesting to get to some of this stuff because I'm not sure how much our audience has seen this recently. Maybe because it like had like an American like Blu-ray and like streaming release, it might have like more people going back to it or they're like finding it the first time. But it's had a little bit of a renaissance. Yeah, but no, um, I had a question for us. Um, We've asked this question before to ourselves um what like what animal would you be if you were a like common writer like at this show blah, blah, blah. but like i think the problem with that question is that as we've done it we basically just said oh i'd have a taro that's a wrestler or oh i i like to think of myself as a an eagle but um how <laughs> many take a spin on it for us what would your theme as a like rider be in ryuki but the like Shinji way based on an animal that has attacked you <laughs> or that you've attacked or been in the fight with. Ooh. Uh, have you been attacked by an animal ever, Steph? Because that is now your uh, rider theme in Ryuki. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have been attacked by a cat in the past. Oh, hi. Nothing more exotic. Like I was like strangled by an octopus until I punched it a lot. Uh, let me think. Something <laughs> exotic. Uh, no, I mean, I've probably been bit by an exotic mosquito. <laughs> you never know. Okay. Would you rather be a mosquito or a cat themed writer, Steph? Definitely cat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I don't want to be known for my ability to suck, so. Uh, okay. Uh,. <laughs> I, I know that that's aspirational for some people, <laughs> not so much me. Yeah. Come writer Gluck. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be the best one. <laughs> I can see you'd have like the compound eyes. You'd have like a suck vent that made your like 
whole arm like a sucker. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you, you could you could make it cool. You could have like it'd be like I don't know. You have like wings. Your arm has like a giant like a uh, fucking um like a needle on it. You make it cool to have like a big old punching glove that's got a needle on it. It could be you could be neat. You could probably do something like where you have like an escape vent or something where it's like, oh, like helps you like really quickly, like get out of like trouble like a mosquito does. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it'd be hard to be stealthy because like if you were following the whole mosquito theme, just like every time you made a move, you'd have that really annoying high pitched buzz. That's your downfall. Just very, very noisy. Yeah, you'd be you'd be even more noticeable than like that little song that the guys hear when they're just walking along like. Yours would be extra noticeable. Like it would get every rider in the city's attention. Yeah, no, that would probably would have a lot of competition. Has the mosquito theme come right? Like all people be like, "I'm a dragon. I'm gonna kill you." I feel like you would you would be the first rider to go. Like even if you were like out building orphanages, just the sound that you made when you were about to attack would be enough for everybody to gang up on you. Just stomping out. <laughs> like even civilians are jumping in to help. As you know, um, you would just fly right into like the like mirror world too, and just like get stuck, like a mosquito. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like the civilians would follow you into the mirror world; they'd be so annoyed, just kicking your ass. <laughs> yeah, just I don't even fucking care that we're in an alternate universe right now. You're going down. More comrades should get like mob beatdowns on them. I think that'd be fun. That would be such a great like change up on the theme. Yeah. Oh. Uh... Hey, David, uh, have you been attacked by an animal that would like be your common rider theme? I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's like exotic, but I have been bit by like snakes and stuff. So I guess like I guess like technically well, that's that pretty would, cool. that, like that fits They're It's not like they're like cobras or something, you know, extremely exotic, but they were snakes. OK, like what kind of snake would you be like? Uh, like a. Uh, boa constrictor or something if we're no definitely not um i don't know i think like just probably just generally snake themed like not like a like if it's a cobra or something then it's very like motif heavy like oh it shoots venom or whatever it's just a snake Mm -hmm. very generically a snake like it's not a it wasn't poisonous or anything. It just. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that might come back up uh, in the show, but. Oh, I mean, come on. Dude, someone has to be a snake. <laughs> like, that's like a very. Oh, yeah, that's that's basic. That's one on one. What about you, Kip? What have you been bit by? I got two that I think are like weird and like you wouldn't ever pick for yourself. Um, Go for it. As a child, I was like at like a family friend's house and I um had like a McDonald's chicken nugget or something and they had exotic birds and one came down and uh my french fry my chicken nugget and also the webbing of my hand mm. in like one foul swoop oh i was like young enough where it came back to injury Jeez. steals your lunch and your skin that's some bullshit so I, I could be like a macaw, like all white, but like a like yellow, like plumage kind of thing. And a chicken nugget stealing bastard. Or like I like got 
attacked by a catfish once as a like child too. I think catfish would be fun, huh. like a whole catfish like long whiskers. That would be awesome. And like attacked is kind of. I was a kid, but I probably deserved it, kind of thing. It was probably my fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably my fault. <laughs> I probably told him fish don't fly, asshole, and sent him for a ride. I might have like chased him under a boat to catch him. <laughs> he was like, motherfucker. The way that you said might have makes me feel like you definitely did that. I definitely punched him on the way out. <laughs> Just to be an extra big asshole about it. Yeah, you know, it's sometimes things happen and we all suffer. But yeah, like I'd be a catfish. Not as much as that catfish did, though. I'd have like something like a whole big whisker thing, you know, it'd be cool. Uh, (laughs) No, um, with that, though, uh, if you've been attacked by an animal and you had you need compensation, let us know. Uh, and we'll make you a a, a common writer. <laughs> we can't do shit about it, but we'll laugh at your story. Yeah, <laughs> or we'll hunt down that animal. No, we won't. We won't do that. <laughs> a podcast where you like tell them about like somebody who wronged you and they hunt them down. Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> anyway, we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> wink. <laughs> but no. Um, let's get started though on these episodes because uh we got some some common rider some classic common rider coming up uh and that starts with episode six coming yuki the mysterious rider and this picks up right where episode um five left off where ren is at this wall and he opens it and realized holy crap like there's a dead guy in here and shinji's being attacked by common rider scissors and worth noting, uh, we like asked, hey, who could it be? And then the answer was like, like David said, the one character we got introduced <laughs> to. I was like, it was very much the fake policeman. <laughs> I thought for a second that they were going to like make him be like fake, like you said, David, but they actually, he is actually in the police, which I think is wild because they had the out. E- yeah, that, that kind of surprised me when the the two officers can't like this is skipping ahead but when the two officers came they're like oh it's officer sato i, f- I don't remember his the character's name pseudo pseudo officers they're like oh it's officer pseudo i'm like oh so he is actually a cop like what yeah i was surprised too <laughs> and like this is like uh when you read like the wikipedia page for like the inspiration of like Kamen Rider yugi it's like the popularity of Yu-Gi-Oh. And after 9-11, and it's like, okay, like, like yeah, like, it's just, they want to introduce oh, people. Um, he has the, um, he has the distinction of being the first evil writer ever. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, he is the first, on the wiki, they call them writers of darkness sometimes. It's like, that's kind of fun. <laughs> it's a cool ass name. I like that. That sounds like the name of a metal band. It is. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but like he's like the first character who there are some guys like who might like be antagonistic, but eventually in the end or it's revealed all along, they were good before this, you know, mm-hmm. so he's evil. He wants to, to do bad things and he does, which is a cool like uh, that's just a wild thing to think you're the first one doing that. Like you're some like crab themed guy. I guess like crabs in a bucket might be like part of the 
team there because like he, he's just like killing people to get money feed his monster we're not really sure mm-hmm. but like we've been doing though i wanted to introduce you all to um his american counterpart oh goodness do they still call him scissors he, he's called comrade incisor that's a much better fucking name oh it's a little bit more menacing than yeah. scissors <laughs> I don't think in America they could call somebody like scissors like that. Like it would like seem a little too silly. I in Japanese it's still pretty silly. <laughs> but here is Richie Preston. Oh my god! Look oh at goodness! This. And that's the perfect name for what he looks like. <laughs> this fucking American Eagle pop collar ass looking motherfucker. This. It looks like the villain from every 80s movie. He's going <laughs> to buy the ski resort. <laughs> Are you all ready to watch us a like stream from my screen real quick? Sure. Yeah. All right. Yes, absolutely. Please. <laughs> I've got to see this dude in action. This is a, a one minute video. If you want to find it called Comrade Incisor.mp4. <laughs> yep. Ready. Okay. Oh, man. Maybe. <laughs> I see you brought your uh, BFF best friend forever. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. You and me. One on one. You're on. Wait a minute, you are. Uh, Got something right there. Yep. Oh. It's a dollar sign. Time to get paid. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah. The thing about Richie Preston is uh he's cool as hell, oh, as, as you can tell. Um oh, yeah. Did you see his face when he tried to transform <laughs> where it like yes. looked like he was farting? <laughs> what what is up with that? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was also the first like actual like video we've seen in that show so just the that was an intense moment for that with that music I, okay yeah. yeah it was a very flirtatious moment in a lot of ways the person subtitling this might have been like he's baby girl and made their subs like that because there's lots of like hearts heart bestie yeah I yeah <laughs> a lot of weird emphasis in the way that that's written out yeah there's a bit where he's like chewing and then the person's like get some scenery out of his teeth <laughs> yeah. um so, so that's like the way the fan of, of that show is but um his backstory he is not a cop as you could tell um no he looks like a frat bro he's a rich kid yeah y- yeah he is um but he's like rich but then like the villain guy we saw before like how they have like a villain in that show like shows up in front of his house is like your dad disowned you trust me bro and i'll give you a million dollars per common rider that you kill okay or vent vent sorry so yeah um not quite as memorable a character here but he's one of our first really good common rider dragon knight characters Mm. um in the dub, though, of Kamen Rider Dragon Knight that comes to Japan, um, he is dubbed by Hiroki Takahashi, 
I recognize that name. Yeah, Joey Wheeler, Ryu, Hisoka. Yeah. Um is one of the main characters, if not the main character. No, um one of the main side characters from Prince of Tennis. So, you know, big voice actor for this. We're gonna get progressively weirder people in the American as we go, but he's one of the first really good ones. Uh to get back to the real show. Just I think uh the uh, cultural osmosis there is interesting. Um man, Pseudo, he's a real creep. Uh he's just killing people. He's he's killing people, he's chloroforming people. He's just mm-hmm. a real piece of shit. He's having a grand old time. Yeah. And I do like how we find out that he killed the old guy because he was getting cocky about all the all the people they were killing. And then he got his writer powers. Yeah, he he had been he had been murdering before he got the evil jump into the mirror world powers. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because we, you know, every time we see a a writer origin story, it's always something kind of like pure and nice, or you know, it, trying to save someone else. But for this to just be someone who started out a bad guy and then just continued to be an even worse guy, that that's pretty good. Oh, here I go murdering again. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like okay. Let's introduce evil to the world. Here's this person who's just was murdering because I don't know. Right. Joy. Yeah. For fun. Maybe that's how they got the best antiques for the store. (laughs) Who knows? I mean, even like um, a negative evil character we've like seen in like a a, a, previous show like Husika. He still basically like we like realized he got the origin of the original Common Rider just like fucked up. Like, this is not that. It's just, I was a murderer, and then I got writer powers. Yeah, now I can murder quicker. I can more effectively murder because I can pull my victims in the fucking mirror world. Exactly. It's like being a murderer and then, like, suddenly getting, like, vampire powers. You're just like, hell yes! (laughs) And yeah, um, like was mentioned, um, he was just lying, which seems like a weird mistake to make about lying to Reiko when you could have just let actual cops take care of that. I don't know. Yeah. Right. But you know. Um so Ren realizes that whoever is this writer must be targeting like Yui. As Shinji sees there's a crime scene and they found the body at the antique store. Mm-hmm. And then um that's when Sudo goes like to get tea and is like, hey like we found your brother in his car to like Yui and she's like, oh yeah, I'll come. <laughs> And then like she's like, oh, can I text my friend? And then gets chloroform. I love that. I love it's like, oh, we just found your brother's thing in a car. And she's just like, oh, yeah. I mean, I guess like given that he's a police officer, she has like no reason to suspect him of be doing shady shit. Right. And honestly, like, why would she suspect? Why would anyone she was texting be like, oh, she went to the police. I'm going to go yeah. f- like she went to like confirm her brother's property, you know, like exactly no need to chloroform but uh he's paranoid he wants to escape i guess because he um gets there and then there's like this weird zoom in on his glasses so we know hey this guy that just chloroformed one of the main characters is the bad guy right because they showed before right that it was know. like he was wearing like a uh like it's not like a surgical mask but like a mask and like glasses and stuff it's like oh okay mm-hmm. and then like 
Ren immediately like pulls up and finds them. Um, like two seconds later, like he's like five feet from the place. Like as like Ren pulls up, he's like, "Oh," and like he he sees part of her jacket is hanging out of the like door. I I like <laughs> that he he sees a jacket hanging out the door and is immediately like, "Oh." That's her. That's her jacket, and and just knows it's hers. <laughs> Could be fucking anyone. I mean, it, it's probably good to like help chloroform people. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he doesn't know that there's anyone chloroformed in there. All he does <laughs> is see the jacket, and he's like, "Hmm, that's, that's weird." That's true. And um, I noticed here that uh, his bike has like a name on it, and on the side in gold letters it says like shadow stardust lame he, dude, this, <laughs> this guy is like the fucking shadow the hedgehog of common writer like he's just like the most edgy boy i don't get it <laughs> i mean you're not wrong is so my question is 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 garo came after this right is he just proto ironically ren the same the same named character written by the same guy <laughs> I mean, yes, the same guy, same character later like, on. Yep. They're pretty they're pretty similar. And there is a character named Garo in this show. Is his name Garo? Not spelled the same way, but his name is Goro. It's Goro. It's Goro. Yeah, it's Goro. Right? Goro. Oh, okay. But close well, enough. No, there's definitely some stuff that comes up. Like um we had a ton of weird overlap in Chadron and Fies yeah, too. So who knows what comes up here and we're like Oh, is that a macro? Holy shit. I didn't know about that. <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. Um, just redoing characters because I'll, I'll get it right this time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But like the main character of Garo and in like Ryuki are like beloved. So makes sense. There was not, there was not, it still works. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like this car chase is kind of wild because like it's just like Ren chasing the car. The car runs. He's being chased. And then like he passes by Shinji. Who's like, what's going on? As he's wearing this like crocade red sweater that says stream life, life on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and then like as they're going by some like docks and like a big like a uh, shipping container mover, like Ren like pulls out in front of the car and the guys who's fine killing people and wanted to have him hit by a like car like goes off the road and his wheels off the edge <laughs> and then like they're talking through the windows so like muffled you hear like him say I wish you died <laughs> in that accident <laughs> uh, but then they like are talking he's like I just want a Yui nearby because like your brother's important and then like Shinji's there he's confused and that's when like um, he gets told off for like telling this guy about like Ren and like Yui for no reason <laughs> Um, which to be fair, that you know, he kind of deserved that one. Yeah, that was dumb as hell. Like, hey, like, oh, the best way to make you trust me is to tell you about these other people and their lives, mm-hmm. right? And their work schedules. At that point, like, his like, um, when Reiko, um, like, has set up Pseudo to get arrested by the other cops, and then like, um, as they're chasing him, like, she's wondering what should you doing, and he nearly runs into the cops chasing him. Or chasing like pseudo, but then uh, the like chase is like good, like um, good cinematography as this is like just showing all the mirrors. And like when they have the guy cornered, his monster just grabs them mm-hmm. instantly and they're going, oh! <laughs> and they get and they get and they get it got because they can't fight crap monsters very well as police. Uh, and yeah, um, 
that's when Shinji looks all serious and is like, I'm going to get you. But Shinji <laughs> is such a puppy dog. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to take him seriously as being a threat. Um, And then, like, Ren sees Yui crying back at the, like, place, um, the, 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 like, tea shop. And, like, she's basically like, uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Like, I was awake. I just, like, didn't want to walk anyway. I'm sad because I got chloroformed. My brother's not alive. And then he's like, I'm going to fight Sudo. What, what, like, what did she say? She's like, I, I was awake. I just didn't want to walk. Yeah. She's very much wants to be, wants to not need help and feels bad for like getting like got there, like getting chloroformed. And that's like the first on the chloroform counter too. We should keep track of that as the show goes on. <laughs> oh yeah. I, the fact that it happened. Two times in this set of episodes, I was like, okay, they're really going for it, huh? We should set up like a, a poll or some kind of contest or something for it. Like, um, what are the, like those uh, raffle cards that you can do? Guess how many chloroforms will show up in this show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been twice already. Some shows have incest, this show has chloroform. <laughs> yeah. So far, I like the chloroform better, uh, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so far, I like the chloroform better is a bold statement, but it's true. I was about to say, please don't isolate that audio. I... <laughs> Just like self-chloroforming. Oh, this, this feels great. <laughs> Did you guys hear about Steph? Yeah, she's in rehab for it. It's the damnedest thing. She didn't know what whippets were. She kept chloroforming herself. <laughs> She kept saying she got the best naps that way. We, we don't know. We tried to talk her out of it, but but uh, so <laughs> Shinji's talking to Sudo by the waterfront, but there's also like these like shifting cube mirrors as it's like looking like cool in two thousands. But also just like okay, we want to have mirrors in like, a lot of these shots, like which is like a good choice mm-hmm. here. And that's when like Shinji's asking him, "Why did you do this?" He's like, "Well." I killed that old guy because he got too big his britches in our schemes. And maybe their schemes weren't killing people before Kaga, but like they were doing something illegal. And then it like shows him like patching the wall, like slathering like drywall yeah. up as Shira appears. He's just like, he's like, uh, doing my own home renovating. Like, what? How? I like, did he dig that wall out with like a fucking pickaxe? Like, like he fit an entire body in that wall, and as a man who lives in Japan, I'm gonna tell you right now, there ain't no wall any of those bodies will ever fit in because they are fucking paper thin. <laughs> and he picked the wall you could see from the street. <laughs> he picked like the back wall. It's like right behind the counter with the the cash register. Like you see it every time you go. You know it's a load-bearing wall, too. So for him to have even been able to cut deep enough into it to put a body in there, like, that whole structure should have collapsed. I don't understand any of this. Sometimes you just gotta go for it, you know? Well, he he got caught because of his shoddy worksmanship. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And he tried to shove a mirror in front of it like he was a second grader or something, trying to hide some, you know, like a bad report card or something. Yeah. Should have spent more time in shop class. Right. <laughs> loser. He is a loser, Steph. You're right. <laughs> we see, like, Shinji hearing what a bad person this guy is just being, like, nearly crying. He's like, I came, like, a ride or two to, like, protect people. 
but I'll make an exception for you. And then that's what Red shows up and says, you can't handle it. Don't fight because you're mad at him. Like, do it because you're a common rider. And then they duel, and it's kind of sick. Cool. Uh, you probably won't hear this if, if like, you're listening, but I had a wire get pulled out. So this is a <laughs> slight reconnects of just trying to make this fit. But we're talking about Shinji and Ren and Sudo. But basically, Shinji is mad at Sudo and is like, I was going to help people, but I'm going to break my rule and I have to fight you. But then Ren shows up and says, no, you're a baby. I'm going to fight him. (laughs) (laughs) Go do baby things. And then they fight. And it's a cool duel. It's like pretty tense, honestly. And like in the end, though, um, Ren destroys Sudo's belt. And that means that now he's starting to dissolve, but also he doesn't have a contract with his monster anymore, uh, Volcancer. Mm-hmm. So his monster goes and eats him. It, yeah, like it, it, it makes like this like, like bone crunching sound too when it's eating him. Like it's like actually legitimately eating him. No, it's cool. Um, <laughs> it's very much like, yep. It's very satisfying. You better make sure you're like doing things. And like, it's a good like plot device too, because that means they have, like have to be like killing monsters sometimes to like feed their like contract monster too. So it's, you know, it's danger and reason. But uh, yeah, this is how we lose our first rider in this show eaten by a monster. By his own monster, too. Ren so exhausted that, like, he's gonna get killed, but then, like, Shinji shows up, but he has, like, his shields, like, socketed into his, um, like, shoulders, so it's kind of like, I'm like an armored Shinji, and then he kicks the monster. It looks like cool samurai armor. I, I kind of dig it. Yeah. In the, uh, decade, they used this Shinji for, like, he gets turned into his dragon, but then, like, when he's like an alternate between like dragon and Shinji, but they put these parts on him. So it's like, Oh, this, these are the parts that he gets extra. Mm. And yeah, um, that's the end of our first of the third rider. Come scissors. He is a bad cop. He is a murderer. He is a schemer. And he was killed by his own monster. And then they go home to see Yui. Yeah. And the vibes are like wacky as there's like dark music. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, let's make dinner together. It's kind of odd. Reeks of everybody trying too hard to pretend like things are normal. Hey, like I wasn't chloroformed. Hey, you could just watch a guy get eaten by a crab. <laughs> yeah. Let's just all reset to the status quo. <laughs> Nothing bad ever happened. And then we have this like a uh, early cameo of like Zolda who's this green rider with green deck and a gun and like he has like um is this where we don't see oh um his red light like seeking through his like grills of his eyes mm-hmm. his, his like tank treads and he's fighting the zebra mm-hmm. but that scene is actually more a part of episode <laughs> seven staff which is a new species is born yeah i love it yeah so we open up on a. So at first I couldn't tell it was a zebra until we kind of like got into the the opener here a little bit more. I I was just to me it kind of looked like just a generic horse until you kind of like got a good look at him. Um um uh, so we opened up on him and I couldn't figure out what Zolda was meant to be. I just called him in my notes a robot rider. Yeah, what is he? Yeah, I, I was thinking like I don't know like uh 
maybe uh steampunk or maybe like futuristic I, I i wasn't sure what they were going for so his like animal theme is buffalo but he's also like heavy artillery buffalo yeah it's like they it's very like clashing um motifs i guess yeah it has a lot happening and then later on when you see like his finisher it, it almost makes it more confusing he kind of has like a super finisher and yeah. then he has a bunch of like sub finishers because he's like the like shoot guy. He's definitely that. Even even more later on when you see his other stuff popping off. So yeah, they kind of have this brief battle and then back off. Um, and then the next scene we get a uh, I guess you're supposed to just be able to tell this is the trademark bad guy because you're getting like these really close up shots of his goatee and uh him whistling as he walks along the dark alleyway um whistling very poorly might i add he's he is not good at that yeah like it isn't any kind of tune in leather pants and a cheetah print like (laughs) button down that's how else you're supposed to know he's a trademark badass so that's goro um (laughs) he does not have a parallel in Dragon Knight. Uh weird. Yeah, uh it's weird. Uh but uh Goro um he is in other Common Rider shows though. Um Really? Yes, including one that we uh watched some of recently. He is the owner of the Parfait shop in Common Rider game and he is the final villain in Common Rider Kabuto. Oh, interesting. Wait, really? Yes. It's been a long time since I watched Kabuto but I don't recall seeing him. He's a guy that wears glasses and like a suit. That's everyone in Kabuto, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. That's fair. Um, I'll just post a picture of the wiki, I guess. Every Everyone there in Kabuto is some sort of G-man to some extent. Oh, wow. Okay. Huh. But you're right. He does still look very generic. Like, I, I wouldn't have known that was him. He's kind of the final villain out of nowhere, to be fair. But, you know, that's Kabuto. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, and Goro, uh, like you said, meant to seem like he's the writer or a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. They do try to use like every camera angle to convince you that he's a villain somehow. And like later on, it's like his teeth, his feet. <laughs> he's, eating, he's eating noodles. He's all menacing. Do that. Uh, yeah, so then we uh, go over to Kaido, who's in the office late, writing an article on fire safety. Ironically enough, while in the background, his uh, coffee maker slowly catches everything on fire. <laughs> A blaze. I, it's insane, yeah. <laughs> A Bunsen burner? Yeah, he's he's like using like I've I've only ever seen that type of like coffee maker in like really fancy like high end coffee places here. So the fact that he just has one is kind of like what? That's what I was thinking. It was weird for it to be in a newspaper. Yeah, that. Yeah, insane. Because it's it's like a reverse like infusion thing where it like bubbles up the tube and then you're supposed to like cut the heat and then it'll all like send it back down through the thing. Yeah, it's super fancy. Maybe it's like the coffee maker that's in the um like cafe, but we never actually see it. So it's like meant to be meaningful, but it's actually like we missed Maybe. that. Yeah, that makes Could sense. Be. 
Yeah, but uh, anyway, so he finally realizes this and then goes crazy. Uh, and then we find out it's just a dream. Um, but it takes him a lot longer to realize that because he immediately jumps up and grabs the fire extinguisher and starts putting out a fire that he was only dreaming about. And he doesn't clean up at all. He has a couple hours. No, no, no. He decides to do all that. And I get, I don't know, maybe curl back up in his sleeping bag. I'm not entirely sure because the next thing we get is just one by one, everybody kind of popping into the office and flipping the fuck out when they mm-hmm. see the state of everything. It's just, it looks like someone just like turned on a snow machine because it's just covered in like, uh, <laughs> was that like CO2, um, whatever it is, whatever comes of the thing, like CO2 foam or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And we've got a, the editor putting him in a headlock and telling him how stupid he is. And, uh, everybody else trying to clean off their computers and figure out what the hell is happening in this office. One of my favorite little scenes is like while he's in that like full Nelson and like, and like being asked like, when he's leaving, he's like, I hope to stay forever. I love our office. I mean, when you consider where he was living before, like the office isn't that much of a downgrade. It's true. Um, so then they get a weird email from someone who uh, wants to tell them a story about a golden crawfish that they found. Uh, Kaido insists he can catch it because his uh, childhood nickname was Shinji the Crawfisher. Crawfish catching Shinji. I, I, I couldn't stop laughing at that part. Um, so, of course the editor isn't going to let him go alone so poor Reiko who's just rolling her eyes at this point gets voluntold to go with him to cover this golden crawfish story <laughs> doofy ass golden crawfish story she's like <laughs> I want to actually do real journalism not this like stupid mm-hmm. someone found a <laughs> lame cryptid <laughs> awesome um, yeah, so then we cut over to the tea shop where one Ren walks into Yui cleaning and she says her aunt is finally coming and uh, asks if he can give her a ride, which I thought was the funniest thing in the world. Uh, because the next scene we get is her riding to the airport to pick up her aunt on the back of Ren's motorcycle. Where's the aunt going to go? Yeah, I I don't get it. I guess they're going to take the train home, I would assume. <laughs> I mean, I've been to Haneda. You can do that. I don't know where their shop is, but... Maybe, like, Ren was driving her there, would grab some of the bags, and they take the train home and talk. Right. Yeah, yeah maybe. I, I don't know. I just thought it was a funny thing to be like, hey, can you give me a ride? And he's like, sure, get on the back of my motorcycle. Your aunt can go in the handlebars. <laughs> like, Great expository dialogue, though, when Ren is like, oh... Your aunt that took you in after your parents died? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, alright. Your aunt? Your aunt, the one that took you in after your parents died? Your aunt, who has insane intuition? Your aunt? <laughs> like, It's like, yeah, uh-huh. Your aunt, who wants to go to the Amazon? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a big goofy. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't know this, but, because I'm, I'm watching this series with my wife, um, She's like, oh, the the ant, the person who plays the ant is like actually a very like famous actress. Oh, is she? Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, because she immediately recognizes. She's like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. She, she's. So I guess she's been in in other stuff. Yeah, she clearly knows how to eat up a scene. So, um, her oldest son 
is Comrider 2 from Shit Comrade Rider. Oh. There you go. Her youngest son is in one of the Garos. Um, her daughter in law is from a wizard movie. Okay. Yeah, she's been a cop writer, but she also cool. must be really famous. I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. She, she was in Paradise Lost as Ayla Cameo, too, just to add all the cop writer stuff. But yes. So then we get to the scene that Kiff was describing earlier, where we get the uh, the guy who's supposed to be looking like he's evil, sitting on some steps, eating some ramen. It's a very dramatically shot scene. <laughs> it makes it look like a this guy has some kind of malintent, but what we're seeing is uh, he's watching a news broadcast where there is a famous lawyer defending a uh, guy who was on trial for a money scam. Um, and he kind of like looks disgusted by it. And then we switch back over to the airport again. It's it, we're doing a lot of jumping here. The place he's in though, it's like a wrought iron door and there's like a marble staircase with like books on it. All this stuff. Yeah, and he looks very out of place there. Like, it, you almost, like, to me anyway, I looked at it and I was like, oh, this he's squatting somewhere. I thought he was going to be, like, the the evil genius madman who has, like, lots of money, but he, he just dresses real tough. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, that kind of a trope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Yui's aunt is she comes out and she's larger than life. Like I immediately fell in love with her. Um, She says that uh, Ren's a creep and he needs to uh, (laughs) stay away from her 13 year old niece. And her niece is like, I'm 19. She's not wrong. To which I said, I'm like, she's not 19. She looks like she's 20 fucking five. At least, yes. <laughs> and he he looks her age or younger. Like, there's yeah. no way you're looking at him going, oh, God, the age gap there. That No, I'm sorry. It was like 2002. She was born in 83. So, you know. Yeah. Okay, so she would have been like 18 or 19. I guess that makes sense. These Wikipedia pages are wild because it's like, oh, also, she's married to the manga artist from Great Teacher Onizaka. And it's like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. <laughs> the the entertainment industry in Japan is like very incestuous. Not not incestuous, but like yeah, it is. <laughs> it I, it I very was, much is. I was gonna say incestuous too, because that's how I having grown up a uh, a army brat, that's how I describe that lifestyle also is very incestuous. It is it is very much that though. Yeah. For sure like everybody dipping into each other's camps yeah you date who you're around yep pretty much Makes sense yeah but yeah uh she hates ren <laughs> i mean join the club <laughs> yeah he ends up just like getting on his bike and driving away <laughs> he he's not gonna deal with that bullshit fine bitch I ain't giving you a ride home you can walk <laughs> <laughs> exactly She's doing like martial arts to him as he's driving past, just like karate chops and stuff. <laughs> that part made me laugh. Yes, <laughs> she's great. You can definitely tell like she is a much more like seasoned actor too. Like she, yeah, she's campy, but like she doesn't feel out of place. Where like some of the younger actors in this are very like they're a little bit wooden. Yeah, she's really comfortable. You can tell. 
I will say that like of the other actors, like Shinji's wildly mm-hmm. good at what he's being tasked to do, though. But like he's like so great at looking stupid, like <laughs> it's, it's kind of incredible. Yeah, yeah, and I think that it, that might be a thing about trying to play too serious of a character. Also, Ren definitely does have like his wooden moments, like as. It, it might be kind of hard to determine like where to draw that line between stoicism and you know looking mm-hmm. like you don't you aren't comfortable with being on camera mm-hmm. and when a character has a mysterious past you sometimes don't know what that is either <laughs> as an actor that's true yeah that that might be a certain amount of guesswork there too um yeah so after that we uh switch over to kaido taking uh well i guess not yet taking pictures but definitely looking closely at this golden crawfish that this guy out in the uh country has um oh and that was a question that i was gonna ask is it a thing to go jogging with incense like this guy does no that's fucking weird okay i was just making sure i was like oh maybe it's something he observes (laughs) or i no i i wonder what that the deal with that was too because it's odd that was one of my notes be like well let me ask david about that because i'm not entirely sure the only time i've ever seen those things is at temple like i mean like i'm sure like people have them in their house for like actual like incense stuff but like it's running around (laughs) with lit incense is really weird yeah okay i'm glad it wasn't just something i was missing but also the guy is like really weird. <laughs> so it's like, okay. He also has him like planted in his yard too, as we see later. So Well, those are at graves. Well, it's like it's, it's the graveyard of his dead animals. Oh, I didn't catch that. Okay, so that's even more depressing, goddamn. And the sky okay. <laughs> is like this polluted rainbow from a smokestack. Oh goodness. Yep. And like no one questions that. <laughs> It's also sad. Um, yeah. So anyway, Reiko ends up leaving because she gets so tired of seeing Kaido just being absolutely in love with this golden crawfish and uh, obsessed with this dude that saw it. And um, in the background, we see it, it kind of looks like Kaido might have seen something in the mirror, but it it's like it's such a quick flash, and he kind of recovers from it real quick when people start talking to him. Um. So then we go over to just two random women shopping, and then all of a sudden we kind of see the zebra stalking one of them in the mirror. Um, and one of them leaves to go to the restroom. When she comes back out, her companion's gone, and there's just these bags on the uh, on the ground. Which, man, how crazy would that be if you were just out shopping with someone and you came back out and they were gone, and there was just your bags all over the floor? What'd you even do with that? She's not just gone. Like she looks in the mirror and she sees herself get zebra stripes. And then like it's like like her half like she's half disappeared and then she gets fully like eaten and disappeared. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that part, which that's one of the coolest things about how the zebra attacks. So women be shopping and I be chopping. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah, well, and then we switch over to the lawyer from the TV show we were watching earlier um, in a dark garage, and someone asks, you know, are you this guy? Uh, Kitaoka. Kitaoka, yes. Um, when he confirms he is, we suddenly see, like, it's this large group of guys, and um, they tell him, you know, you need to come with us, and this, that, and the other. Um, and 
he they they are about to attack him and he's like somehow gives them the slip this scene kind of happened quick for me i wasn't exactly sure how he was able to get away but um he he does get to a car and then it starts a car chase yes starts the car chase of the episode yeah yeah it's 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 a lot of things that happen at one time um and then, like, we suddenly, like, go from this really great action scene to Yui and her aunt at the tea shop with her aunt giving her a lecture about how she needs to smile more to, like, make customers more comfortable. Um, and the lawyer, as they're, like, they, we switch back to the car chase, the lawyer ends up hitting Kaido, who gets, like, really pissed off because he busted his goggles, I guess. And like before he gets hit, like like he's just like driving his like motorcycle uh, and just like saying, Hell yeah, golden crayfish. Like so he's still so excited about that golden crayfish. It's amazing. I love it. Um so yeah, then he ends up in the uh the tea shop and the aunt immediately falls in <laughs> love with him. Yes. Because in, as she repeats just over and over again, her instincts are never wrong. And she's just telling Yui what a great guy Kaido must be and how uh, they should be together and it just be it really weird about the whole situation. Uh, before Shinji comes in for tea, though, he, like, demands money for his, like, goggles from, like, uh, Kiroka. And then, oh, like, yeah. the, like, other guys stop and he's like, hey, yeah. like... Oh, <laughs> Let's work together and get that guy that gets their number. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he, like, gets called from the chief who's playing Wonder Swan and is like, what are you into? Get it? Stop it. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's really legit this time. <laughs> and the aunt's like, oh, hey, why don't you just uh, hang out here for a while? Looked at like meat by the aunt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and then he, like, suddenly turns around, and the guy that just hit him is there in the tea shop. <laughs> Should she grabs him. After, uh, the aunt just going on and on about what a nice guy he is. When, when he comes in, Shinji grabs him, the auntie's like, ooh, full of fire. Look at all the energy on that one, yeah. <laughs> Yui tries to tell Shinji no, but then, like, her auntie's like, Leave him be, he's a boy. It's good to get the energy out. As he's like, has this guy's hand behind his back and just walked in. He's just like got a bend against the wall. It's incredible. Yeah, and then he just like pulls out his wallet and tosses a whole bunch of cash at him. Like, please just let this go. But then she keeps chasing him and calls like the gang for help. Yeah, and that's when uh, we see him make his escape because he's not going to deal with this bullshit. Um, but yeah, as they're like running down the street shinji chasing him they both get that uh that uh spider sense that something is happening um and then they start to see the uh reflection of the zebra again first they get caught by the gang oh i'd forgotten about that part too jeez from the tea house shinji chases him because he's like i got like your number or like you still got to answer to the two more people that oh, you've wronged yeah they get to the underpass and then they start beating the shit out of him and he's like hey okay that's enough that's enough guys <laughs> and then like Shinji gets punched and they steal a car and hang out for a while in the stolen car <laughs> and like I love how every time Shinji's in any situation there's just stuff like 
put your seatbelt on. <laughs> Just like kids stuff gets told. <laughs> and then they end up by the water again. Yeah, yeah. So, um, do you have the whole story that like um, he tells? Um, he defended that uh, the guy that scammed everybody out of money, which was the the news story that we'd seen earlier, and then. Um, he says, well, these these people that are coming after you must be, like, victims. These are people you wronged. And he's like, well, no, actually, they were the, like, the goons of the guy that I got off of, you know, off on trial. And he's like, well, what? Why would they be coming after you? Well, because I, I spent like... all of his money on in the trial. Yeah, like, they all <laughs> lost money on it. So this was, that was the twist, was like, this was actually these... Uh, this guy's goons that were coming after him because he had used up every cent. I frauded the fraudsters <laughs> and mm-hmm. now they're mad. He says it's okay that he defrauded them because they stole that money from innocent people. <laughs> yeah, and this is where you start to get the first kind of like sense of what his character is all about. The coolest guy ever. Oh. <laughs> the biggest dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. King. Mm-hmm. At one point, like after he's told Shinji, it's okay that he stole money from them because they stole it from the investors. Shinji says, "You mean you knew they were guilty and still got them <laughs> off?" And his response is amazing, isn't it? I'm great at what I do. I'm just the he's best. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. So okay, you're right. So then it's after that that they end up down by the water again. Um, First. It it looks like they've got Shinji and the lawyer surrounded and they're about to attack. And then all of a sudden, Goro walks out, who up to this point we have thought was another bad guy or someone that we had to look out for. And then uh, he essentially looks over to the lawyer and is like, hey, boss. So he's just then after that, they just get up and walk away while Goro takes care of everything. <laughs> and you find out that that's who he is. is this is this dude's right hand man. His right hand manservant. He's like, he's like his butler, like right hand monk. Yeah, like he's a little bit of everything, like a bodyguard, like a a chef, kind of like he he does everything for this dude. Goro kind of has that like hits hits like a yaoi wookie life debt. It, it it seems like for like Kidoka, where it's like yep. And that becomes much more clear the further along we go, yes. I'll defend you. I'll do all the work for you. I'll make you food. I'll drive you. Just whatever you want. I'll shave you. You know what? You're not wrong. Yeah. He does shave him. (laughs) And then that's when they fight the zebras. Zolda has like a big bazooka he pulls out. Yeah. As like the zebra tries to like stretch away from his like shots. It doesn't work out super great for that zebra, does it? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. And I think um, that's also when we switch to episode eight, which is called The Fourth Zolda. So, yeah. So, I mean, episode four, just it starts out right, right where the other one ended with uh, Zolda using his big Gundam tier ass like giant laser gun it's not even a laser gun it shoots a bullet that's such a good description a gundam gun too i didn't even thought of that but that's exactly what it it, it literally is like it's a, a giant Chief gundam shit. gun <laughs> yes i did okay yes perfect description thank you 
Man. So he he blows up one of the zebras. It gets got. It like I don't understand what his plan was. It it like stretched out like it was gonna you know avoid the bullet and then gets hit by the bullet and then it blows up. So I'm not sure what. I don't think they prepare you for like artillery shells in like zebra school. <laughs> Probably not in in mirror world zebra school. <laughs> I didn't see it in the syllabus anywhere, and I looked. Believe me. So. <laughs> we we hop back to uh they're looking at the story that <laughs> Shinji wrote about the golden crayfish. <laughs> the title of his article <laughs> is Sasquatch and Nessie got ain't got nothing on this. <laughs> and they're <laughs> and then it and he's like it, like the sentence for sentence read of the thing it says the real discovery of the century is the golden crayfish, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and his boss oh, just man, goes it's... this style seems like a little bit over this it's not very journalistic <laughs> and he's like what are you talking about he's like they do they jump on him for that <laughs> he's like he's like you know sometimes you gotta write you know an exciting story <laughs> like this he's like oh, yeah. i don't know who let him cook <laughs> basically <laughs> he's like He's like, I'm glad that you did your due diligence and you stayed up all night to write this thing. But why the fuck is there a pile of garbage <laughs> in the corner? And he basically gets like, they basically get annoyed because Shinji's just taking his time getting out of their uh, their office. They're like, oh, the bills have risen 25% since Shinji's been living here because the gas and stuff and heating's turned on all night. Mm-hmm. And then they get an email from the old man again the previous episode old gold crayfish man he's like oh what what do you have now he's like oh he found a hairy frog frog with hair and they're like oh she's just like i you know they used to call me frog catching shin back when i was a kid (laughs) i personally think that the hairy frog is real because it looks dope it looks real good um (laughs) <laughs> we cut to I, I I guess I just assume that this is Kitaoka's like house why he has like law books like just on his stairs is like a real weird place to store them I wouldn't store them there but okay right um but uh Goro's there just badly whistling and making lunch and I'll I believe he gets a call from someone to like be his lawyer and he's like ah you know i don't come cheap or whatever cut back to shinji and reiko going to see the guy with the hairy toad and they're like reiko like immediately goes like ah this is just this guy's doing some fucking bullshit bullshit. It's it's the same story again but she sees the the like <laughs> field of dead corpses of all the animals and she's like huh like oh yeah like if he's like spray painting crayfish and like gluing hair onto toads and stuff like they're not gonna survive like they're exposed to chemicals right mm-hmm. so this sick fuck old man is like yeah. killing animals <laughs> yes. and she's like maybe there's a real story here about that rainbow sky right because she sees the smokestack she's like oh man like what's the deal with that smokestack she's like oh maybe it's maybe it's mutating the the animals and it's actually true and that's why they're dying and she's like oh it's from a pharmaceutical company I think the old man says he's like I think it's from a pharmaceutical company. Around here is where some research happened for me, though. 
because when uh oh they're in the office when it's like Goro and Kidoka and like they're having their lunch there's this knockoff Phil Collins song playing and I was like what is this <laughs> so yeah I searched it up and then eventually there was one Reddit post with one comment being like oh it's Paradise by Kathleen Irvine I was like, that's weird so I searched this up a like Elvis fan account is the only post of it on YouTube and it's like most beautiful song ever written then in the comments I was looking I was looking I was looking until somebody said I was looking for this song for years it was used as background music in a show I watched almost two decades ago and then three days ago I was like <laughs> come right or Yuki and they're like yes lol there you go so there we go <laughs> journalism's completed Damn, you're already a better journalist than everybody that's on the show right now. Oh, Rako's got my number, I think. I think she's got everybody's. I don't think it's fair to compare anybody to her. Yeah, sorry about that, David. Just wanted to, as a side. No, it's fine. Uh, so, just to let you know that the horses are back. The horses eat some lady in a bathroom. That happens. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that happens. N- nothing related to the story. I have to say, it's a pretty cool effect. I wonder how they did it. It's great. Like, just if you don't know how zebras kill people, they can kill it anyway. Like, it's if you weren't already afraid of going to the bathroom, now you know you should be. Mm-hmm. You never know. <laughs> Killer zebras. You never know. You might get French blinded. French blinded's pretty good. It's true. That is what it looks like. That's literally what it looks like. Some French blinds. I should probably talk really quick about who is the kid of Oka stand in. In Dragon Knight. It's right a little impasse. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, sure. Here we go. Drew Lansing. Goodness. He's a con artist. He didn't seem like he was in the show that much. That interesting, honestly. Uh, He's just a dude. He looks like a dude. Yeah, he he looks like the most generic white dude ever. He looks like every guy that I ever saw in one of my mom's soap operas in the 90s. Um, he is called Comrider Torque mm. instead of Zolga. Zolga. Zolda. That sounds like a porn name. Yeah. It, it is pretty. Common Rider Torque. Yeah. Or like a common Rider who gets his powers from crack cocaine. Either one or both. Both. Honestly, both. See? Perfect. Comrider Angel Dust. <laughs> We're cooking, guys. <laughs> rider, no, we'll save in that for later. Another character's common rider angel. <laughs> That's common rider after dark. Everybody relax. He is voiced by Speak of the Devil, and he will come. David, you were talking about Shadow the Hedgehog, but the voice of Shadow the Hedgehog and of Urataros. Oh no way, Koji Yusa. So oh, he is goodness. our turtle that fucks and our hedgehog that uses dodge. Am I Nostradamus? I mean, maybe you're Nostra Hedgehog. Yeah. You've been called a wizard in the past. Hey, I I just I just call it like I sees it. So yeah, really good cast for this dub of this American show that wasn't very good. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Shinji shows up to the, the coffee shop and he's like, oh, hi. And he talks with uh, the the old lady. We don't even know. What's her name? Do we even know what her name is? She's just Auntie. They might say it later, but it's just Auntie right now. Yeah. I think she's just the aunt. Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking with the aunt 
And he's like, ah, I'm living in my office. She's like, gee, that sucks. And he's like, yeah, it sure does suck. They're kicking me out soon. It's going to be bad. And she's like, uh, why don't you come and live here? And he's like, oh, really? She's like, oh, we got an open <laughs> room upstairs. And for whatever reason, I, this I don't understand why she's so like vehemently against this. But uh, Yui's just like, fuck no, he can't he live here. <laughs> fuck that guy. And I'm, and I'm like, why the, why not? Like, what's the problem? Like, she's like, no, he can't live here. Like, I don't like. Does anyone have any inclination as to why she's just like, no, he can't live here? Probably just because like Ren is living there, or you know, is he already? Because it didn't seem like he was. Yeah, I thought the aunt invited him also. I that's a good <laughs> question, actually. I thought Ren just like lived in a cave somewhere, like Batman. Yeah. I mean, like, not not to skip ahead, but like, or I guess it's not really skipping ahead, but we know like he has like a dead girlfriend, wife, mom, maybe something like yes. some someone's dead. Someone got fridged. I don't know who it was, but it was someone. So I just assumed he lived with them. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. We'll get some clarification on that sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's what I figured. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of Ren, he shows up and he's like, "Ah, oh, you can't." You can't live. You can't have him live here. This guy's dangerous. And she's like, what are you talking about? And Shinji, like, who's he dangerous to? Like, are you dumb? (laughs) Yeah, himself, mostly. She's like, he's like coming from the man who wears all black and a fucking black leather trench coat. Like, that's real. That's real funny. And they're like doubting Shinji, like, when the auntie's not there. I was like, you know, this guy at this point, he's not like subtle. He's not like trying to pull something. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have a subtle bone in his body. So, yeah, I don't know why they're so, like, vehemently against him living there. He's like, he's, he's literally like, I'm going to be homeless. And they're like, well, you could live here, but fuck you. It's like, okay, yeah. well, you guys are assholes. <laughs> you had to fight to survive. Guess so. But I guess his aunt is the only one, or her aunt is the only one with a fucking soul, because the rest of them seem like dickheads. Because her instincts are never, ever wrong. They're never, ever wrong. No, never. Also, um, if there's extra noise, we're under a severe storm and possibly tornado warning. So just, you know, if if I disappear, just everybody <laughs> I will, know I love you. If you're in danger, you could go. But also, if, like, it's like, don't be like on the podcast, like getting <laughs> sucked into a tornado. It's like, oh, everybody, oh, I really like the way that this cop writer. Uh. No, I think it'll be okay for now. Like, I haven't heard tornado sirens or anything, but we were under the kind of warning where they were like, well, maybe it'll get bad, maybe it won't. It sounds like it's getting bad right now, but I don't know, because, like, I'm inside. So, you know. Yeah, hope for the best. Uh, (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah. Get my last words, Uh, Frank. This is important. Um... So so Ren and Ren and uh, Shinji have like a talk outside just very briefly, and he's like, "Oh, are you jealous that I'm staying at Yui's house?" Like, huh, huh, huh. like he's being a he's being a bit of a dick. It's, it's a but, word exchange, yeah. But he's like, "Oh, he's like, I oh, Ren's like, I have a single goal." He's like, "You just you just ended up being a common writer by accident." He's like, "Uh, oh, you're you're not uh you're not taking this seriously." He's like, Ugh. "Like Ren's just yeah. so up his own ass." And, like, they haven't really explained why the common writers need to fight each other. They're just like, oh, you have to. And I guess, like, we're supposed to be, you know, the 
Shinji is kind of the uh, the audience surrogate, right? Where he's also right. doesn't know anything. So he's like, I don't why you I don't understand why we got to fight. Like, I don't I don't get it. What have yeah. we learned so far yeah. that there's 13 riders was what scissors said. Yeah, and they have to fight. And that uh, Yui's brother is like, I mean, we know this as a watcher, but he's like going to all the writers like, you should fight, you should fight, you should fight. Right. Fight all the other writers. And we know that he actively recruited someone who he knew was a criminal. So right. to him, they're like, we don't know what his like expectations are or like what he's looking for in a writer yet, because everyone that we've been introduced to has been kind of like on very different ends of the spectrum as far as like good and evil and what they do and what they won't. And Kira Oka only isn't a criminal because of the law, like being on his side. He's right. just as bad as right. Not quite a murderer, but like he has done some like shady stuff. Yeah. Well, a lot of them have like walked the line, you know, at best. So speaking of Kira Oka, um, Reiko is the uh, last time we saw her, she was looking at the smokestack and she's like, Oh, that's weird. And there's like a pharmaceutical company. She's like, I'm going to go interview the pharmaceutical company. So they end up going to this hotel. I guess they're going to have like an interview with whoever from the pharmaceutical company and who shows up, but mm-hmm. it's Kitaoka. And he's like, Oh, I'm the attorney for the pharmaceutical companies. And she recognizes him. She's like, Oh, you're that guy. Weird. Like, why are you here? And he's just yeah. a, He's the fucking creep. He, he's a jack off. Like seriously, he uh, he he had some like kind of slimy moments before this, but he's like a scumbag in this scene. Yeah, he's he he's just straight up a sex pest. What does he say? It's not sexual harassment if we don't work together or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, what does he say? He's like, it's not, it's not sexual harassment if um, or we don't work together or like work under the same company or something. It's not a hostile work environment. Yeah, something like that. It was something that was like very legalese, but that made it all the creepier. Oh, that's what he says. Sexual harass, <laughs> sexual harassment only, only refers to situations in which a refusal fosters a hostile work environment. As we don't work oh, together, yeah. it's not an issue. Yeah, ugh. <laughs> like he starts that moment by saying, I suggest we engage in activities more befitting of a man and woman together. <laughs> yeah, he's just like a weird sex pest. Ugh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My note says, I half expected Shinji not to know what he meant and think it was leapfrog <laughs> or something, which. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> That's Shinji. So Reiko immediately is like, fine, like, fuck you. Like, I'm not going to talk to you. Like, you're not going to actually right. tell me anything worthwhile. You're just going to be a scumbag lawyer. Um, but <laughs> favorite part. But Shinji's just like, you know what? I like this guy. Let's hang out. And, <laughs> and they go have like this fucking like half the half of the episode is just them like hanging out, getting massages and like eating fancy foods and talking to each other. And Kiroko asks him just to show him that he's cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, he's like, oh, why'd you become a lawyer? And he's like, uh, I didn't really want to become a lawyer. He's just, I thought it was cool and it makes me a lot of money. I'm like, oh, you really are a fucking scumbag, aren't you? The worst. Yeah. <laughs> this recurring thing that happens, like, 
while they read Wasatch, for example, like Shinji's like, do you always do awesome stuff like this? And he says, yes, I do. Yes, I yes, do. I do. <laughs> he, he does the same thing with the food, though. Do you always eat amazing food like this? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> do you always hang out by the pool with bad honeys like this? Yes, I do. Just like. Yes, I do. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> He's who Akira in Chandron wants to be. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> so. I mean, they have like their little their little get together. We we cut back to that night at the coffee shop, and Shinji's like, "Oh, uh, the the aunt's like, well, if you're gonna live here, you gotta you gotta pull your weight. You gotta do some some work or whatever." And she's like, "Oh, you, there's a customer at this table reading a newspaper. Like, go take his order." And the customer's Ren, and Ren's just like Ren's just like a fucking dickhead. He's like, he's sh- the worst. He's just like, oh, your shoes are dirty. You're not holding the tray correctly. He's like, I'm a customer. She's like, but what does it matter? Like, I, I don't give a shit. Fuck you. <laughs> he's like, I'm a customer. As he should. <laughs> and like when Chichi came in, he had his whole like boombox vest still. I was like, what is that? Yeah. But but it's weird. Okay. Like, this is so weird because like I, it's, it's fucking Yui bipolar like what's her fucking deal man because like i don't get her first she's like oh shinji you can't stay here like it would be terrible and then she immediately comes to his defense she's like ren if you just came to here to be a jerk like uh you can just go (laughs) it's like okay like you are like bouncing back and forth between like do you do you stand up for Shinji or do you not stand up for Shinji? Like what the hell? Right. Now that you say it, it's kind of like in a game when you're trying to like get like good and evil points, like and like <laughs> the right amount or whatever, like get so like your she's rep just up. Playing both sides to get right. her XP. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Shinji's like, oh, he comes back to the thing. He's he's washing dishes very poorly, and he drops a cup on the ground, and then he like. It looks so goofy because like he intentionally flips those fucking plates on the ground. Right. Yeah. And the ant's like, oh no, are you clumsy? And he's like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's the most dramatic thing, too. <laughs> he's shaking his head desperately. No, 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 I'm not. Please not. But that's the way she said clumsy was like how you would ask someone if they're fucking possessed right. or something. Like it's so she says it. With so much venom, it's incredible. To the point where when I was watching this, I wondered if he was going to get kicked out of the house. That would be very funny. I was worried, yeah. <laughs> but then Ren shows up and he's like, I can wash dishes. <laughs> so he's like, he's like washing like four spoons at once. Like this is some monumental task. Four like spoons? Nobody else could do this. And it's like, okay, dude, like. It's goofy as shit. And then he shows up in like full fucking waiter gear with like a bow tie and everything from somewhere. Like, does he just have this? Yeah. Acting like this is a five star restaurant and he has to be decked out like in a tuxedo. It's incredible. This is just a tea shop, my guy. They don't even serve sandwiches. Relax. And then like, that's when the auntie's like, I've made up my mind. You three will make a good team. Smash cut to Ren and him in the same room, just on opposite sides, like some like wacky college drama, looking at each other from across the room. I'm surprised they didn't draw a line down the middle. 
this is my side of the room and you can't leave. Later on, we see the curtain, I think, right? Yeah, yeah they yeah, do they end up putting a curtain up. Their, uh, their beds. Um, cut back to the, uh, the what is it called? Or a journal. Newspaper. Where Reiko finds out, oh, yeah, the Ore Journal, where Reiko finds out, like, oh, no, it turns out that the chemicals are perfectly fine. It's nothing wrong with the chemicals. And afterward, it cuts to Shinji doing, like, he's, like, taking notes on Kitaoka, like, oh, yeah, you know, I do this all the time. He's, like, shadowing him or whatever. Um, Reiko confronts the old guy afterward and he's like putting like newts on newts he's putting like wings on a newt and she's like well, you know why like <laughs> she's like you made them too she's like you made it all up it's bullshit like why'd you do that and the fucking old man gets fucking got uh by the evil fucking zebra what is, this? is it the zebra that gets him the alpha zebra because there's zebra. one that's yeah. like lit with like shadows and stuff yeah, yeah right this one is purple um but I've skipped ahead here because I forgot there's a section where Shinji and Kidaoka are at the pool and Kidaoka basically reveals he's like, oh, he's like, my goal in life is to like live forever. He's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to live forever. And he's like, oh, OK, cool. Uh, He talks about like his like his desire is human desire. He wants to live every desire. And like, I think like. This is when mm. Shinji's like, that sounds empty. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him mad. He's mad and he's like, I still like you, Mr. Kidoka. And he leaves. And, and then this is where the guy gets got by the evil uh, zebra man. Mm. Um, Shinji kills, not kills, but he, he beats up one of the other zebras. It fucking dies. And then Zolda shows up and shoots him in the back. <laughs> I like how Shinji doesn't kill, he beats somebody up until they die. <laughs> Yep. Was he a cop? Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the end of the episode. <laughs> episode eight. So we get to uh, number nine. Shinji's arrested? A dog that can talk? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Shinji gets shot by Kayatoka, who... Uh, then he tries to come back and say, look, dude, I don't want to do this. I don't want to fight any writers. So, so he works over his elbow. Um, Yeah, he like pins him and like beats the shit. He's like Charlie horses him to death. It's the weirdest thing. Um, So they both kind of just roll back into the real world slightly injured. Um, And then we get we get a couple of like cross shots. So we go back and forth between the tea house and the um, the or office where he works with uh, people talking about how he kind of has a tendency to be late because I guess he's got commitments at both places that he's late for. Um, And (laughs) one of my favorite scenes probably in this set of episodes is the editors griping about how, you know, Shinji's late and he's unreliable in this set and the other. So he's going off on this whole thing, and in the background we see Shimada, like, she's just, she has this clock out, and she's watching every second pass. And um, right as he's saying, so would you mind working some overtime? She, like, grabs her shit right as it hits the hour and is gone. Like, it's the The second it hits six, she's like, bye! It, it, like, she even has some of her coat caught in the door. It is such a great scene. (laughs) And what does she do, guys? 
She goes to the carnival. What else would you be doing counting down the time till you got off work for? Just by herself going on like the roller coaster and the like big like launch ride. She has the best date with herself. It is so funny to watch. And they introduce this recurring gag where she wins this big stuffed like chestnut headed guy. I'm not sure what he is. So uh, my wife again recognizes. She's like, oh, this is what she says. She's like, oh, Natsukashi, it's really nostalgic. I, apparently this like character was like really popular in the 90s. Okay. And that's why he's there, I guess. Like he's just he was a popular character at the time. Well, she, uh, she's, she like, after she wins him in the carnival game, she takes him on all the rides and she keeps giving him little kisses on the cheek. <laughs> right. And it's, it, it's, it honestly is adorable. I, <laughs> I like as entertaining as it was, it was super cute. Um, so it, we actually get to see a lot of really good scenes of her, like on so these different rides and like having fun. Um, and then she's like carrying this giant thing home with her at the end of the evening and like if you haven't seen the show to give you context this stuffed character is as big as she it's is huge it's like it's massive she can't see around it when she's carrying it and that's kind of important to note because like it kind of like blocks off her sense of surroundings which is why the very next scene is someone grabbing her from behind and um it it's kind of cool because she doesn't drop her her stuff character or anything. She like reaches down and bites the shit out of this guy who's <laughs> attacking her, like without dropping her her prize or anything. She's just willing to like go hand to hand with this dude. So she bites him, and then he finally realizes like, oh, this is gonna be a struggle. So he has to chloroform her. Which if you're playing chloroform bingo with us, add that to your bingo card. It's number two. Number two. She holds her like friend while she's like after she's chloroformed too. Like she has it the whole time. It's important to note that she never lets go of this thing. Like from the time she wins it, it never leaves her side after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, after that, um, we're back at the tea house tea house where um Shinji's just come in like after his battle where he got injured and He's kind of um, like you can tell his arm is injured and Yui notices and gets concerned and he snaps at her, which is something we don't, you know, from his character is very unexpected. Um, So he tries to convince her he's okay, but then Ren's like, well, if you're fine, you missed all the other work tonight. Go ahead and clean up my cup. And he's like, why would you treat an injured guy like that? Just completely undoing everything he just yelled at her for. So I think um Oh, that's another hilarious scene. Yeah. So <laughs> um yeah, Shinji just won't stop snoring. So uh Ren gets up and he like pulls the curtain aside and he like tosses a pillow right at Shinji's face and I think he stops for like half a second and then gets going again. And then just like puts the clothespin on him. Yeah, like one of those old-fashioned ones from the uh, Warner Brothers cartoons. It was hilarious. Yeah, so we go from that to a pretty serious scene. Um, Shimada's kidnapper calls the editor over at the or uh, and says that he needs 30 million yen to let her go. And Reiko's actress is cracking up as, like, Shinji and, like, the editor are, like, screaming at each other, like, 
three feet for <laughs> three feet from their face. We gotta get her. Ah, should you gotta go? Yeah. How could they not? Like it's the way that those two bounce off of each other is fucking hilarious, but especially in this scene. Yeah. And we go to to the drop off, the shack in the like in the like common rider hibiki area. So, That's exactly it. Yeah. I, I before we before we skip ahead here, I found this out yeah. from, from again from my wife because she's watching it. She's like, Oh, that's not uncommon. I'm like, what do you mean it's not uncommon? She's like, Oh, <laughs> for a for a company to have like just a shitload of money on hand for like a kidnapping or like some kind of like emergency situation where they just need a shitload of money. I'm like, that what? She's like, yeah, yeah. That's really great. Kind of a bit. Find out. I'm like, I'm like, what? what? So David, the next time you go to look for a new job, I think yeah. one of your interview questions should be how much money do you guys keep on hand if I get taken for ransom? How much money do you have in the kidnapping? Uh, the kidnapping ransom. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like for that or for like uh, legal fees for something. She's like, it's just there to like spend. I'm like, that's fucking weird. If somebody decides they're gonna sue the kanji wizard, I need to know how much yeah. money you have liquid, just in case. You never know. When I get a call that's like, I need thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> or Nickelodeon Gak's gonna get it. I'm like, oh damn. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Oh no. <laughs> On one hand, a fund in case of legal fees or other like things makes sense. But the way your wife said it was Brilliant like, idea. yeah, they have a couple like duffel bags ready in case somebody gets kidnapped. <laughs> it's like cash. No, that's only at the McDonald's. Relax. That's that's really funny. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's one of those like, oh yeah, like our cultures aren't so different. We have a, a like special like go bag in case you're kidnapped. Yeah, I, I mean, now I know what I want for Christmas. <laughs> to have a go <laughs> bag in case I get kidnapped. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> um, it, so Shinji is like exploring this abandoned, very obviously abandoned area, and he's you know, calling out for his friend the entire time. And finally he stumbles down into this like uh abandoned house, but it kind of like partially underground, it looks like or something. I d I don't know. It's kind of like a weird set of scenery. Um yeah, but he finds her down there and you know he he runs up to her and he's asking how she is and he suddenly gets attacked by the kidnapper. Um and they kind of like have this weird back and forth for a bit. And then this monster that I found out online was a wild boar themed mirror monster. I had to look this up too. I couldn't figure out what it was. Oh, I was trying. To, I was going to ask you guys because to me, it kind of, it had the resemblance of a bull, the way it kept like charging and budding, but I wasn't sure because I know there were a couple animals that do that. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah, so the kidnapper disappears thanks to this monster that we only get like a really fleeting glimpse of. It's like a really quick scene. It's cool though. It's very like early 2000s, like weird, like f the front's angular, like weird, like aerodynamic design. Like it's like you've seen like a lot of like Digimon mm -hmm. has the kind of design sometimes. Mm. Right. And uh, she's unconscious. Yeah. I so mean, she can't refute anyone, anything. Pretty open shut case. You were locked in here together, so you must have kidnapped her. And they had to bust through the door. 
So that looks even more suspicious because it's like, well, how did you get in if you're just some innocent guy, right? <laughs> and when they carry her off, they're carrying her so her big plush is like above her. So they're carrying just this, like this big plush and this girl underneath. It's amazing. Yeah. So you were there on like, should you would do this? <laughs> I this is probably another of my favorite scenes because the aunt is speaking with so much conviction. She's like, you know, even as a little kid, he would never hurt a fly. And you is like, how would you know that? So it, it goes back to the aunt having to admit, like, okay, well, I only met him a couple of days ago, but my instincts are never wrong, which is what she says in every scene. Yeah, our Shinji would never do that. And then she's like, Oh, like he's family? I was like, nope. <laughs> Only met him last week. It's like that um Chappelle <laughs> joke about like make sure like any group of people there's at least like one white dude because they could talk to the police and just like that kind of thing. It's like <laughs> right. <laughs> um yeah. So then we go over to uh, Shinji and the editor and I, I the people that come to visit Shinji in jail in this episode are my favorite set of scenes in any common writer series ever. Because this is probably the hardest I've ever laughed watching one of these shows. Because they all proceed to give him just the hardest time every time they come through. And he looks so dumb and like a like weird dog as they're all like suspecting him. You might be the kidnapper, Shinji. And then like Reiko comes and Reiko's like, could you be the scoop if you are the culprit? <laughs> and Ren is just torturing him. Just absolutely. Oh, the air there is good for you. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like they're talking about um oh no sorry that's later let me not jump ahead when Ren's there and like provoking Shinji um Yui goes up to the glass to say my aunt <laughs> hired a lawyer and then Ren says stand back from the glass he might kidnap you <laughs> <laughs> just top tier I kind of fell in love with Ren during that scene mm-hmm <laughs> Um, I think the next scene is where like the shavings happening. Excuse me. Yeah. So, um, we we go to Goro uh, shaving Kirtaro when a uh, the doorbell rings and a little girl shows up and um of course, uh Goro leads her back and says it it seems you have a client and he's like I don't deal with little kids get her out of here like he doesn't give a fuck fuck he's a cold hearted bastard (laughs) fuck them kids exactly so uh Goro goes to send her away and um presses some candy into her hands just to kind of make her feel a little bit better for whatever's going on and and sends her on her way and uh we don't see the lawyer nope. feeling any kind of anything about it. He's just ready to get the rest of his shave on. So I do like how when he's getting like shaved, like he just says, Goro, you're so good at everything you try. <laughs> I know that was another one of those moments where I, I kind of had to do the pause, like uh, with the show we watched before in the uh, hot tub scene. And it just every once in a while, something happens where you're like, Okay, they're just making fun of us at this point, right? I talk about Shogeki Goraigan. Or, or Kiva, maybe? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it could... It, it, anything that you guys have just listed. <laughs> like, be there's anything. been a, a questionable scene, right? <laughs> so, also, Kuga. 
Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, next scene is actually pretty funny also. Uh, Kiritaro's at the driving range. And um, Ren decides to approach him about representing Shinji in this case where uh, he's been falsely accused of kidnapping. Um, yeah, he, he says, you don't smell like money. I, I don't want anything to do with you. Uh, so Reiko has to step in, who we found out earlier. Uh, Kitaro has some kind of uh, lust for, if nothing else. In that regard, he appreciates her in some way, so he at least listens to what she has to say, and he's like, yeah, I'll do it as long as you give me a feature in your paper. Which and the money. she thinks is pretty reasonable, so he goes back over and gets in Ren's face though, and is like, and also, you're still paying me cash. Like, <laughs> that doesn't absolve you of having to pay for my services. Uh, yeah, so then Kiroka goes to interview Shinji and um, he sees him kind of rubbing on his arm and he gets a flashback to their battle. So this is the first point where he realizes who he's dealing with. Um, And you kind of see a change in his demeanor as it happens, but he doesn't reveal anything to Shinji. He just kind of like files it away. Um, And then we switch to a random scene of a a guy flying one of those kind of high-tech model airplanes. Um, and then it, it falls to the ground and he goes to look for it. And we see kind of a, uh, a surprise attack there in the grass. I miss when monsters could kill people indiscriminately. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Monster rights. That's what we're marching for next. Um, <laughs> um, so we go for to, uh, Kiritoka at the, uh, the tea shop and we realize he's kind of a dick in a much bigger way than we realized before because like he says he'll take the shop in lieu of payment and like it's like real close to you he's like and you too yeah and it says something about i'd like to monopolize a girl like you too, or something <laughs> like that. it's something that's really like it's really sexually aggressive but without saying anything sexual it's it's a very it's an intense scene <laughs> i'd like to mr potato head a girl like you or um Who's the guy from Monopoly with his name? Promise Potato Head. Mr. Mr. Monopoly Man. I don't does he have a name? Mr. Moneybags. I I I think something Moneybags, I think. Yep. Something like that. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> not Mr. Potato Head. He didn't say I'll Mr. Potato Head a girl like you. No, he's definitely not Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Um, whatever it is, uh, that's enough to to put Ren right over the edge. So he's he's about to uh, give this guy a new uh, split in his asshole before they kind of get that uh, swan song that there's a monster on the attack. Um, and that's the first point where they realize that they're both writers also. Because they both got the tingle. Yeah, yeah. They both got the spidey sense. Yeah, so they both kind of take off down the street, chasing after our uh, our new friend here. Ed Zolders kind of watches night fight and get rammed. He's all about and watching then, those guys get rammed. It's a cool fight scene. Like I love these kind of fight scenes where like cars are getting like tossed I, around on wires and like exploding. You and can stuff. bring as much of the scenery into it as possible. That's always so much more satisfying for me when you use the environment. And that ends the episode. We, uh, let's go to episode 10, Night's Crisis. Um, and the fight scene kind of like 
goes from here. The monster gets away. Zolda's shooting knights, and he's just like, um, Ren pulls out his like vent that's like um trick. So he has like clones, but like pretty soon, mm-hmm. like Kidoka figures out, oh, I'll just shoot the one that doesn't have things behind it blow up when I shoot it, and then like he like sees right through it and gets them. Pretty good. And then, like, when they leave the mirror world, they're like talking, and he's like, I want to live forever. Stop helping Shinji. And then he also <laughs> calls him a child. He sees he has like engagement rings around his neck. Like, loser. <laughs> You're a child committing to one woman. Get a load of this beta. <laughs> he goes to touch him, though, and Ren's like, he's ready to slap the shit out of him. And he's a super lanky tall boy. Uh, He's like a foot taller than like the rest of the cast, I feel like. Oh, and um, <laughs> this is where Ren says, oh yeah, like, Drag Rider will eat Shinji if uh, enough time passes. It's kind of like, you know, part of the contract. I'll help you, Rider. You make sure I'm fed. And if not, I'll eat you. Right. It's kind of like what's like sense. having a cat. It It is, yeah. He tells Yui that Kidoka's a rider. Um, and then we see Kidoka talking to Shinji being like, all right, this recorder's on. What would you spend your ransom money on? <laughs> and she's like, oh man, I love all this stuff, you know, this would be great. Proving once again that Shinji's problem is he can't shut the fuck up. Oh no, he's like, <laughs> he would not know about shut the fuck up Friday. <laughs> he would just like be like, oh yeah, totally. The FBI wouldn't even have to try with him. They would just have to ask him a question and give him a drink of water and he'd just go for it. Here's all these websites I go on so I don't have to pay for media. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Here's what I use for my Tor browser. Exactly. Um, then we see that the little kid has come back to see Goro and gives him Murakami. And then we see Ren and Yui are like, hey Shinji, don't tell us guy anything. And like, Ren is very Sundere here where he's like, it's about the debt, not you. And he's like inflating the debt. Oh yeah, that was my favorite part. He took it, and I actually went on the uh, the website that converts and uh, did the conversion. So at thirty thousand yen, which is what it started out at, it was two hundred and two dollars and seven cents in U.S. dollars. Um, so by the time he got done talking, when it was at a hundred thousand yen, he wanted six hundred and seventy three dollars and fifty five cents for that window. It's also been like 20 years, so you can kind of like double that a little bit, I feel like. (laughs) Well, yeah, and that was in today's money. So I can't imagine like back then that would have been a whole different kind of math. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like Reiko fires Kidoka as we see Shimada come out, like Carrie, her stuffy, like bowing to doctors saying thank you with like her stuffy. And she like, bumps into like hey and then she like hears just be like yeah that guy's super dying really soon <laughs> probably right now did you see that guy in the hallway he has super aids <laughs> that's that's kind of what it reminded me of like i was like nobody talks like that especially in a hospital <laughs> what the fuck? and they're like looking at her lo- listening to them about another patient's like medical info yeah, and they're like, fuck HIPAA. <laughs> we don't really know what's going on, but 
Kay does think if I win this like rider fights or whatever, if I'm like the last rider, I will live forever or be healed or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure what we've been told at this point, but that is his belief that he will get that if he's if if I remember correctly, I think this is the first indication that we even get that he was sick. At least for me, I assumed up to this point, him wanting immortality was just about him wanting to enjoy his greed a little bit longer. I think this is the first time I I realized that there might be something more to that. And now we know he wants to get rid of his fucking super cancer. Yeah, it's yeah. His super penny bags. Is this the first time we hear that there might be something to gain from winning the writers? More writer fight. I think, I think this so, is the yeah. first time we see, like, yeah, for for them to have, like, any kind of real motivation. It's always been talked about, like, really vaguely up to this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll learn more of that soon, too. But, um, so then I think, um, that's when, like, Yui, Ren, and Reiko, like, threaten Casey fire him. Then, like, the kid's there, Goro. And then, like, she never really talks to them till the end, but she's like, look, I talking through Goro. It's like, yeah, my dad mm-hmm. lost his job because Ori Journal and kidnapped a woman. And then that's why like, I went to you to help him. And then like Rick was like, someone innocent got arrested. So the kid feels bad. And then it's like, but my dad had to pay for Bob's surgery. <laughs> she had superwoman cancer. <laughs> that's something very funny, but like it's woman cancer for superwoman. <laughs> she had girl boss gout disease. That's what it was. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so she yes hunt to death. And also I think like that's when Nana goes like I bit the culprit and they see the arm wound is in the bite and that also helps me get free. Um, mm-hmm. I wrote that Yukari is no dead and a mom she can't support uh, but let's take her out for ice cream. But It's uh, no dad. Uh, but they get some parfaits. <laughs> that's when like Keisha was like hey Goro stop hanging out with this kid she's dumb she gave me smoke cigarettes she, <laughs> uh, she can't even take you to the strip club yet man you can't even shave her much <laughs> what purpose does she serve would you bite the hand you shave I wouldn't oh. <laughs> Anyway, um, through Goro, she calls him a stupid, lousy jerk. And then she's like folding like a thousand crates for her mom. And then like Kay talks to the nurse. They like go to the hospital and like, <laughs> get up. And then he says, a thousand cranes. She's o- only made like 10. That's barely 10. Such <laughs> an asshole thing to say. <laughs> I know. And I laughed my ass. And then like, <laughs> Red and Shinji find out like as they go back to the hospital, like, oh, the girl's surgery was paid for and then like Ren's like oh are you trying to like make this girl recant her testimony so like should she goes back in and like Kidoga's like shut up and doesn't like talk but instead to show the character difference that's what she's thanking that girl which is her mother well she could finally get her surgery because of all that and then like she finally talks to say stop it as Shinji goes to punch K but punches Goro instead and then um as Kidoka's driving off, she runs after him but gets attacked. So the boys stop and fight. And then Zolda is also there. She's like, I'm going to show my contract monster. Uh, his monster's name is Magnagiga. Magnagiga. Uh, 
<laughs> that seems like you've you've just combined two prefixes into this into a word. Word. He's magna yeah. and he's giga. He's a magnum giga. I'm gonna stop saying these sounds just in case something happens. Please, because they're losing meaning. And he's like missiles are strong enough to like be like a finisher, but his real finisher is it's everything all at once. It's the everything bagel of common rider monsters. He just drops a fucking nuke on them. He fu- it's fucking it's <laughs> something out of Skyrim. It is fucking incredible what this dude does. And like he he destroys like what like ten blocks, half of the planet. You see um that um his contact monster is like this weird mech too. It's like got yeah. like chest missiles, pincers, a big bazooka, lasers, just everything. <laughs> It's another thing that made me kind of question what he was supposed to be, because usually if you're maybe struggling with the costume a little bit, you can tell by whatever their companion is. This didn't help me in the least. Nope. Still convinced it's just some kind of robot. Seems kind of OP, though, honestly. A little bit. Yeah, I don't know why the DM decided to give him all of that, but here we are. If you all remember from the opening of Comrade Decade, the first scene... He's on top of the zero line or like firing this off because they both have horns, I guess. Oh, yeah. And that's Ryuki. Six or ten. Uh, next time we go to the mysterious empty train. Uh, it was episode 11 and from there to episode 15. And I gotta say, next time we get some bangers. We get some like beloved episodes. There's at least like three episodes where I'm like, I'm so excited for this for very different reasons. Cool. But where's everyone thinking? We're liking Ryuki uh, so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So far. Yeah. Very interested to see what we think of these next couple episodes because uh, there's a lot to happen. Um, <laughs> as we always say, though, guys, um, who's everybody's top three favorite characters this time? Are you ready, Steph? Or you want to go second? Uh... No, I'm ready. I've got them written down. Um so uh number three is k the lawyer um i start i i enjoyed how much of a bastard he was one hundred thousand percent but i also see that we're we're starting to get some kind of arc with him so i'm really interested to see how that goes um and so leading into that number two is goro uh i loved that we got the switch from the writers where we were led to think he was going to be a bad guy. And then he turned out to kind of be one of the coolest, most diverse characters on the show. He does a little bit of everything. Um, and number one is the aunt. I mean, how can you not love her? She's fucking hilarious. She takes up every scene she's in and her instincts are never, ever wrong. So you got to be a fan. Uh, the aunt is definitely one of those characters where like, I think maybe if you saw this as like a teen, you're like rewatching now, you probably like a lot more. Cause you're like, Oh, she's not cool. Oh, she's not doing any flips. But like, she's a pretty fun character. Just here's this plot device to t- annoy people, make them interact. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's some great bits of her later where she's like, "Well, I want you to work at my tea shop for a minute." That's awesome. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> uh, who are your three, David? Um, my three are. Ooh. It's tough. Um, it's number. Oh, 
Jeez. Okay. Uh, number three is uh, what is her name? Uh, Sergeant N. Nakanosa, the the one that works mm-hmm. at the paper with them. Nanako, not Reiko, the other one. Nanako, that's what it is. Nanako, Nanako is probably my number three. She's just she's like as a background character, she's just really kind of funny and does goofy stuff, and I kind of appreciate that. Um, number two is probably Kidoka. It's nice to see like another character be introduced, and he's like continually still kind of a threat, and he's just he's just uh, yeah, you love to hate him. And then number one is Shinji. Yeah, he's just great in all these episodes. I like him a lot. A lot of people are like, oh, like Ren's the main character, not Shinji. Was kind of, no, Shinji's the main character. He's so good at what he's doing, which he's not like meant to be the alpha cool guy. He's basically a kid <laughs> and a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And he's a boy that likes to beat people up. But that's good because boys will be boys, right? We always know. Uh, <laughs> that's what I hear. Uh, but no. Um, number three, I'm going to go Goro. Uh, just really strong, just coming in, being a little weirdo, being a little like just the humanizing figure, like the butler, manservant, what have you, of the royalty, rich person, what have you, that's like nice and is like, actually, they're really a like, good person. It's a, it's been in so many things, like especially in like Japanese media, but when it's well done, it's well done. And he's a little weirdo too, which is fun. Um, his like common Rider, like three or whatever pose before he goes to punch like some gangsters too. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna pose a common Rider, punch you. <laughs> Uh, number two, I'm going to say Shinji. Uh, yeah, he, he's really good here. Just, I liked the like wrinkle of him just like sitting there with Kidoka and being like, okay, I understand, but here are, are all the flaws of your worldview. But also I still like you as a person. It was just like such a good way to do this. Yeah. Like there needs to be a line between yeah. being naive and being a good person, which is choosing to be naive. And like, I think he's like plays that pretty well sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then number one, I'm gonna say Kadoka. Uh just a great um in all timer introduction to a character is like him being chased by the like dudes and like in the car posing. Here's my best pose and talking about his worldview. Like, oh, like don't read the articles, look at how good I look, and just explaining, yep. I knew they were guilty, but I got them off. Isn't it great? <laughs> and like um he ends like this chunk by like busting the block and then saying you'll never see me again and then like leaving like yeah sure uh but he's just a great drama queen (laughs) asshole there's an incredible (laughs) moment coming up that i'm sure (laughs) you'll all notice when it comes um but yeah um and of course what was everyone's favorite toku uh like fight scene and effects monster or the common rider suit I think it was in this. I think it was in this set of episodes. It was. Um, what thinking? It was the fucking car chase. We didn't talk about the car chase, but that was awesome. Which one? There's like three. Awesome when they're when they're in the cars and they're like bashing against each other and the fucking sparks are shooting off the cars and they're actually like driving it down the road. Like it. It looked great. No, oh, yeah. Um, what do you think, Steph? Uh, that sweet huge finisher <laughs> that was completely overblown where we got every kind of firing shot you could <laughs> from the lawyer's monster. That was just the absolute best 
finisher I've ever seen in my life. I I was happy to see him blow up a whole city block with it. It was awesome. Hmm. Um. Hmm. I think I liked um the fight scene between Ren and and like Kay, where there's like he's like figuring out his like um his like clones and like watching the like masonry behind it get like destroyed and be like, okay, yep. I know what I can do here and just like getting him that way. That was like pretty fun. Yeah. What about, and this might be a, a contentious list, our best fits because we got some new characters and there's new fits here. I don't know if I have one. I mean, I'll give a shout out to the uh, poolside fits. There's some ladies there and Shiji's there with his hair up and his hairy legs and <laughs> Kadoka's wearing his tall boy Speedo. Oh, that's true. What am I talking about? Goro and his fucking cheetah print shirt yeah what am i talking about i was like what are you talking about goro's here the auntie's here k's here no yeah i'm gonna go with ren and his uh waiter tuxedo for a, a tea house that <laughs> oh, shit geez, forgot about that too yeah oh man this... what am i what's going on <laughs> no i'm with david at first i was like no i don't really have any either but the more i thought about it the more i was like actually i have too many to count come on and yeah just next time really excited but for now, Steph, where can we find you when you're uh, not talking about all this uh, tokusatsu nonsense? Oh, goodness. Uh, www.arcademilitia.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at nobody much. Same thing for threads. And um, I haven't really been checking Blue Sky, but you can find me at Neon Clear Candy and I think that's it for my social media, but if you find me somewhere else, go ahead and say hi. I, I may or may not have an account there. Oh, yeah. And David? Uh, you can find me on the Tokyo Fresh podcast every Saturday, usually. You can find it on YouTube. We do a live stream. If you're up at weird hours of the day in America, maybe we'll be live. That's it. Uh, you can find uh, me on Twitter.com at James Forge or at James Door on Blue Sky, James D on Co-host. Find the podcast um, at Common Ride with me on Twitter and at Common Ride on Co-host. Still waiting for that last Blue Sky, but also I'm never on Blue Sky, so maybe I'm not actually waiting too actively. But um, And then you can go to CommonRide.com for episodes and articles slash merch links up to our merch store if all proceeds go to the Forever Project slash episodes. Uh, for uh, links to different platforms, please rate and review. You can send any questions to podcast.com.com. And I almost forgot a very important thing. Um, at some point soon, David's going to be having his popcorn, having his oh, big drink. Right. When is that coming out? Yesterday for you. Oh, it came out already? Oh, yes. wow. Well, I guess I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Ooh. We won't see it for a couple of months, but like <laughs> you should like record your like solo thoughts. Like, what the fuck did I just see? I, th I thought you were going to say you should record, <laughs> record the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, David, go ahead and commit piracy for Kip and I, please. <laughs> Also, if you could do the subtitles for us, we'd appreciate right. it. Just talking over it. Okay, so he's saying, you bastard, she's kind of like my mom, and that, and that gets me off. <laughs> 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 uh.
You know, he could, though, and we wouldn't know any different until, like, the actual subs came out. Oh, man. We could think it was an entirely different movie because of what David told us they were saying. If they catch you recording it, just be like, no, I'm opening my eyes. I've I've waited so long to have these eyes open. (laughs) Oh, man. Let me see if it's even... I'll look if it's running, because I don't know if it is or not. Here it is. V. Shinexto, Kamen Rider Fi's 20th Paradise Regained. Is it playing near you? Uh, it, yeah, it opened yesterday. It's, uh, it's not that far. Weird. It's only playing in three theaters in Kanto. V. Cinema Next is like their weird branding for lesser stories. Mm. Well, I will say this, looking at uh, today's ticket sales, the nine o'clock show this morning is already over. The one that's happening in literally a minute is sold out. (laughs) You got to know. And the one happening today at what is that? 1625. So that's 5 P 530 is like half full. Okay. That's pretty good for that. Then. Uh, Yes, if I didn't tell you, David, then you'd lo- I'd never know. Or like you have that, like you're at the supermarket, like a like vulgar songs playing. It's like smack my bitch up is playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. The prodigy. <laughs> and then just like, oh, there's like a raffle and you get the golden oh, ball. Vise. I get a free ticket. That's great. Uh, the normal Japanese experience, right? Where you're just like, oh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for now, finally we learned um, today um you don't trust the police <laughs> i was gonna say you'd get away with more crimes if you stayed in school to do like a carpentry class also true chloroform it works that's true also hey they're two for two just bad 1000 i remember finding out a couple of years ago that um <laughs> chloroform actually really messes you up if you get chloroform i was like oh that sucks <laughs> yeah, also, apparently, chloroform does not work that fast, either. Yeah. Like, you have to have it on there for a significant amount of time before you go unconscious. And at that point, you're just, like, fucked up. Maybe there's not even chloroform. Just choking them. Oh, who knows? Make sure your chloroform is not a placebo, everyone. <laughs>